Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. Richard Lovesame, Mike Smith, a game saver, and he got run over by Zach Cassian. He like one of those top teams, and we're working our way to that level. Connor McDavid danced around Morgan Riley. Denied by Smith, who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game. My message today is we're trying to win. One-timer score. We are dry side right circle. No risk, no gain. And now we're going to have a goalie for action. This is NHL overtime. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 Shed. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca, the e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Had a conversation with Digitex's Hugh Porter today, uh, several other over the course of the last 24 hours with uh, local area uh, business guys and fans and people passionate about the Edmonton Oilers and uh, still obviously a discussion point. And frankly, i got to tell you, it's the second round of the play. well, the first round of the playoffs uh, after the quality qualifiers are done got started last night it sucked that the orders were not playing it was a downer um by the way we open up with led zeppelin today legend has it this day in music history that led zeppelin the first time they played live was on an august the 12th speaking of live currently in the third actually they're now in overtime the carolina hurricanes and we're going to hit on this a little bit later on in the first half hour of Oilers now carolina hurricanes of all at defense depth um tied with boston 3-3 so they're in ot the bruins have outshot uh, carolina in that game uh 29 to 21 this after uh, their game was postponed last night after a five overtime victory for the tampa bay lightning on a goal by Braden point represented by Edmonton's Jerry Johansson scoring his second of the game. Everybody that saw a point play in the Western League, uh, kind of like Gallagher, except better than Brendan Gallagher, uh, knew that Braden Point was going to be a player. And uh, there's a place for small players in the game. Dylan Dubé from Calgary showed that as well yesterday. Yes, indeed. This is Oilers now. We've got a jam-packed show. We're going to get into several of Ken Holland's clips. Um, 
from the separate media bill, not from our one-on-one interview that we did yesterday, uh, 1210 to 1226 on Oilers now, but we're going to get to some clips from the media availability and maybe tie into a couple themes that have become, uh, you know, some narratives in uh, the city here over the course of the last 24 hours. Brian Lawton, David Staples, John Shannon, they're our regular Wednesday contributors to the show. They're all on today. We'll talk to Brian from the NHL Network at 1235. David Staples called to hockey at 105. John Shannon, our NHL insider at 135 today. You can reach us on a River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree is back up and at them. With over 1,350 slot machines and multiple dining options, including the brand new Italia, the River Creek Resort and Casino, excitement and bet on it. You can also text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors, ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Uh, Angie Quinnell is in uh, one more day uh, for Brendan Escott. There's a chance we might have Brendan back tomorrow, but Angie's done a, a great, going to do a great job for us today. She helped us out on Monday's show as well. We had Cody Jansen in uh, yesterday. Uh, the top story. Fort Gray Rock Exteriors, Mother Nature wreaks havoc on your home. Book your free, no obligation inspection today. Visit grayrockexteriors.ca. The autopsy for the uh, Edmonton Oilers season, a very good regular season, and a poor qualifier uh, continues in a hockey bad market that is known by uh, Edmonton. And look, people care. They love it. They care about it. There's lots of different perspectives, lots of different takes. That's the beauty of having uh, the privilege of hosting a show called Oilers Now. Uh, Some of them you don't have to agree with. Others, you know, I think make a little bit of sense. Let's do this. Let's get into our Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Work, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. It was a year in which the Oilers season-to-season made uh, substantive uh, gains. Uh, Points-wise, the Oilers finished in 2018-19 uh, points percentage at 482. That was 25th in the NHL. They were at 585 this year, 12th in the league. They went from 20th in uh, goals to 14th in goals for. They uh, went from 25th to 15th in goals against, uh, from 3.31 goals against per game to 3.03 goals against. Power play went from 9th in the league at 21.2 to 29.5, one of the best power plays the last 40 years in the NHL. Uh, penalty kill was dreadful a year ago. 30th in the National Hockey League at 74.8%. It increased to 2nd, 84.4. The Oilers going into the qualifier, only uh, San Jose was the only team in the regular season to have better power play. So the Oilers had a better power play um, and uh, penalty kill than any other team that started the qualifiers. Save percentage, the Edmonton Oilers, 896 a year ago, and they went to 905. Uh, I know Jason Greger uh, pointed out uh, in a piece that he wrote on Oilers Nation talking about the fact that the team needs to improve the five-on-five play. Um, I would assert to you uh, transition game needs to get better as well. And... Uh, the numbers would suggest that. Shots for a year ago, the Oilers were 28th. This year, they were 29th. Shots against a year ago, Edmonton was 19th. This year, Edmonton was 20th. So the improved five-on-five goal scoring, or sorry, the improved goal scoring and uh, goals against numbers take uh, a long look at special teams. And I think most of you are cognizant of the fact that uh, it may be def- difficult to replicate 113.9 combined percent between the power play and the PK. 
next year. So Edmonton's going to have to improve in other areas, including their 5v5 play. I would argue their transition game. Um, and they got exposed a bit in the series against Chicago. Here's Ken Holland on what went wrong as we go into the Oilers Now Audio Vault. Well, I guess I would say to you, I don't see what you, what 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 you're saying. You saw if I analyze the series, I thought in Game One we weren't ready to play. I thought that was a veteran team in the other locker room. They were up four one ten minutes into the into the game. I think that they knew the playoff series started uh, when the puck dropped, and I it, it looked to me like we were going to try to wade into the series. Now, saying all that, in all four games, I think we had a lead in all four games. It it felt like we were chasing the series. But every game we had a one-goal lead. But we, we, when we got those leads, we didn't hang on to them for any longer than three, four, five minutes. So, you know, game two, I thought we played real. Obviously, the, right off the bat, 20 seconds in, Connor scored. And game three, we're up three to two with six minutes to go in the game. I think they had eight shots on goal the entire third period. Um, we had a, we, we had a couple of breakdowns, and the puck went in the net both times. And, and we turned, uh, you know, we were in a... Like I said, we're six minutes to go in the game. You're up by a goal, and you don't even get the game to overtime. And then I thought game four, I thought, we, again, we got off to a slow start, and I thought we pushed in the second and really pushed hard in the third. And just, just, just uh, you know, these series are fine lines. So, I mean, we're playing against a, a team that's got, you know, Taze and Kane and C, uh, Keith, and they got some really good young players there. They got a, a Stanley Cup winning goaltender, so it's, you know, it's the playoffs. It's, you know, like I, you're not going to run amok in the playoffs. You're playing against teams that, uh, that are, they're good hockey teams. So I, I, I thought that I thought the Chicago series game one, they, they came out and they, they were ready to go. We were not ready to go for whatever reason. I, I actually thought the rest of the series we played, we played fine, but fine isn't good enough. And I thought that the, the series was de- decided in certain you know, by making plays, they made more plays than we did, and we made more little mistakes that they capitalized than 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 vice versa. All right, that's Edmonton Oilers general manager Ken Holland with his uh, assessment on what went wrong in the uh, qualifier. Goaltending is a uh, what's the old saying? Goaltending seventy percent of hockey. Unless you don't have it, then it's hundred percent of hockey. And I don't want to solely blame the goaltenders. Again, we've talked about a myriad of confluences that occurred to undermine the success that the Oilers had. But the bottom line is, anybody listening to this show right now uh, that has an IQ greater than a grape knows that if you have an 869 save percentage in a playoff series, it's almost impossible to win. The Oilers did not get enough saves in this series. Uh, it, they certainly, I, I, I got to say, you can't completely blame the goaltenders. It was a factor. Defensive play was a factor. The power play not coming through at critical times in game four was a factor. But at the end of the day, you can't win in a playoff series or in a series, whatever you want to call a qualifier, with an 869 save percentage. And every person listening to the show knows that. Here's Ken Holland when he was asked about the goaltending. Probably the goaltending didn't play as, as well for us in the playoffs as it did in the regular season. Again, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a small window. You're talking four games. Um, and, and, and um, you know, going forward, obviously Mike Smith's an unrestricted free agent. 
Um, Koski has two more years to go on his contract. So obviously we have to decide whether we're going to re-sign Mike Smith or or look at other alternatives. And that's what I got to decide here over the next um, few weeks. Yeah. Well, bottom line here is the Oilers needed more stops. That's a given. They needed uh, a better transition game, uh, better team defense. That's a given. They needed more support scoring. That's a given. Uh, you know, there's plays that every player would like to have back. Last night, the Chicago Blackhawks, with all that veteran experience, now they're playing Vegas. Vegas is a good team. But on the third goal against, Jonathan Taze turns the puck over in neutral ice area, and Riley Smith comes down the wall and rips one home. Okay? And it's 3-1. And it's not a great goal for Corey Crawford, but the goalie didn't bail out Jonathan Taze on that play. It's a bad goal. Crawford gave up two bad ones. On the fourth one last night, Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith got beat to the backside. Like that's their three Hall of Fame players. And it happens in games. Good players occasionally make mistakes, make poor reads. Happened last night for Chicago for three guys that are going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. Now, in fairness to them, certainly on the third goal, Crawford's got to have that one. That's all there is to it. He didn't make the save. He gave up two bad goals and a 4-1 loss. And good goalies will be honest in their assessment and take responsibility and accountability. And I'm telling you right now, Miko Costa and Norm Mike Smith would have been happy with their playoff performance or their qualifier performance. Uh, three separate times yesterday in the Ken Holland availability, uh, the media went at him about the defensive uh, play of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Three the separate times. Be- Go ahead, Angie. Here's... Uh, Yep, go the answer for it. would be yes, but I saw that happening. I, I would say to you, and that's why you, you know we talked about Leon here five minutes ago, and I thought that you know in the month of November, you know Leon's plus minus was, but 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 the second half of the year they they and that, that was one of the things that we talked about in, in the exit meeting with with Leon um, Saturday morning in the before we left the hub. Um, Dave Tippett and I, and I talked, I talked about, I remember one night in, um, in Carolina in, in March or late, late February, and there's a puck turned over and how Leon uh, buried his head and he, 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 he cut, it was a two on one and he ended up killing the, killing the two on one just out of sheer determination to, uh, to back check and to, uh, to, to, to play defense. So they are getting better. They are getting better. But I also think that, in this playoff series, we were playing against battle test. We were playing against players. Some players there had won three Stanley Cups. They they had to learn. They had to learn that too. And we're learning it. We're and, I, and you're focusing on the two guys, but certainly our entire team. We're we're learning. We, we are learning that defense is as important as offense in terms of going for long long p- playoff runs. It's a simple question that needs to be asked right now. How many of you listening to the show believe that the performance of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl was the primary reason why the Edmonton Oilers did not win the series, the qualifier against the Chicago Blackhawks? If Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, let's, let's, let's go a different route here. 
if Miko Koskinen started all four games and gave the Edmonton Oilers a 920 save percentage in those four games, and Dry Settle and McDavid each only scored one goal in the four game series and were minus three or four and were badly outplayed five on five during the course of the series, I think there'd be more criticism warranted from Oilers fans. It's pretty tough to assert that in a series where there was a little bit of secondary scoring from the fourth line. Like Chase on and Neil, I thought, played pretty well. But Cassian and Athanasiu would be the first guys to look in the mirror and know they didn't do anything. They didn't get much accomplished in the series. Those guys started the return to play on the Edmonton Oilers' first and second lines. Uh, Athanasiu was off that line halfway through training camp and replaced by Tyler Ennis. And Zach Cassian was off the Oilers' top line for game number two and replaced by Josh Archibald, which weakened uh, in a bit of what Riley Sheehan did because Sheehan, to me, looked quite sluggish. So it's a simple question. You know, you can sit there and say you're taken, and, you know, Mark Spector wrote the piece yesterday about, you know, these guys need to learn how to win and they need to learn how to play a, I'm going to paraphrase here, but a 200-foot game. Um, I think the Oilers had a flawed roster. They didn't get stops. Their defense had real struggles during the course of the series. I think a couple guys didn't think we were going to be coming back to play. And I would think that McDavid and Dreisaitl's performance would be a a little bit further uh, down the food chain for for most of the fans out there listening to the show right now. Are there plays that McDavid and Dreisaitl would like to have back? Absolutely. Um, You know... And people need to remember how long it takes teams to win, and often they got to have some tough lessons along the way. I brought up the 82 Oilers yesterday, and some people say, well, that's too long, Bob. Okay, that's too long. However, that was a team of seven Hall of Fame players that lost a playoff series in five games to Los Angeles who finished 48 games behind them. It took 13 years for Steve Eiserman to win. He wasn't a loser, but he didn't have Nick Lidstrom and Sergei Fedorov and player X and player Y join him to help support him in the rest of the roster. The Oilers have to continue to endeavor to improve their overall roster, add more depth up front with forwards, uh, move to more of a transition uh, defense, and they have to evaluate goaltending for me. And we'll discuss more about this coming up a little bit later on uh, with all of our guests on today's edition of Oilers Now. It is 1224 at Edmonton. When we come back, we'll get to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. 1227 in Edmonton. All right, quickly off to the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, this texter comes in out of Edmonton. The truth is Connor and Leon constantly have a lot of baggage behind them on the lineup. Another texter says Connor and Leon are the two furthest away from the problem for the Oilers. That comes to us for Mitch in the greater. Uh, Roger and Lloyd says, Bob, Connor and Leon were not the reason for the series loss. Lack of depth and goaltending were the primary reason. Edmonton showed no emotion and only seemed to get up for games against Calgary. Another texter says, we have to wait for the Oilers' uh, development. No issues with McDavid or Dreisaitl, but won't win for a few years. Uh, 
Ken says, Bob, Leon and Connor weren't the primary reason the Oilers lost. It was Tippett's mucking with Leon's line. I know Wood Guy backed Tippett's decision with stats and supporting Nuge's bump to McDavid's line, but I think it affected overall team chemistry and negated any mo- momentum after the pause. At the very least, Tippett should have reunited Nuge with Leon and Yamo at the beginning of game four, not the last seven minutes left. Uh, we have several other texts. I'm going to... Uh, try to get to some of them uh, after I quickly tell you about NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Your local branded merchandising specialist, head to ElitePromotionalMarketing.com. They are 3-3, three, three, uh, two minutes left in the first overtime period, Carolina and Boston. How about that Carolina D? Uh, options include uh, Pesci's out right now, but Slavin, Hamilton, Brady Shea. Uh, they picked up Botnan. They got Gardner. They got uh, Edmondson, who's playing a ton. And uh, Hayden Fleury, former Red Deer Rebels, selected seventh overall in 2014. They took Hannafin fifth overall in 2015. And Jake Bean, 13th overall in 2016. Three straight years they took a defenseman. Their theory, take the best available player. Hmm. Okay. Uh, they got lucky. They got Sebastian Ajo second round in nineteen uh, or in two thousand and fifteen. Uh, last night, Vegas four one over Chicago. Vegas is just better. They got two guys better in goal than Corey Crawford. Tampa Bay five overtime victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Both teams battled hard, and uh, the Flames were better than Dallas yesterday, no question, and frankly, no surprise, 3-2 victory. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen or Eileen Bell, and back with Brian Lawton uh, from the NHL Network. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.